you'll turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. How would you like to be so well known that your name is in the Bible? Woohoo! How about the woman who took the alabaster bottle of spikenard, broke it and poured it on Jesus' head, anointed his head, cried and washed his feet with her tears and wiped it off with her hair? Jesus said to his disciples that night, wherever the gospel is preached, this is going to be remembered that she did this. Because she did it for my burial. She already knew Jesus was going to die for her sins. That's for the crucifixion. Even the disciples didn't think that yet. I mean, wow. What incredible faith. And what sensitivity. And Paul writes to two ladies in the church in Philippi. All we know about them is their names. One was named Euodius. Euodius. And the other was named Syntyche. Syntyche. Interesting names. If you're Greek or Roman, actually you had to be Greek because that was north part of Greek at the, Greece at the time, uh, then uh, you'd probably know what those names mean. I didn't bother to look them up because I don't know that the meaning is significant to what the Holy Spirit told me to say tonight. But, Paul writes this letter to the whole church. Remember back in chapter 1? To all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. That's what he says in verse 1. That's who he's writing to. Grace be unto you, peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And then he gets over here in chapter 4 and he says, I beseech, I plead with Euodius and I plead with Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Well, what's that mean? That means they are of different minds. I don't know what they were arguing about. Perhaps they were arguing about which side of the auditorium the piano ought to sit on. Oh, no, they didn't have pianos in that day. Maybe they were arguing about what color the, uh, the, the drapes should be that covered the, uh, the Old Testament Scriptures, the Torah. And one of them thought they ought to be red and the other thought they ought to be purple. But whatever it is, they were arguing about it. And they were causing dissension in the church. And Paul said, I beseech Euodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. He already covered that in chapter 2. He said in chapter 2, verse 2, Fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. 
Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And now he gets over here and he says, you two women in particular, I'm talking about you. I'm preaching to you. Sometimes preachers will be preaching uh, and, and they'll say something and they'll say, you know who you are. Okay, Paul doesn't do that. He names names. Okay, can you imagine the embarrassment when this dear brother Epaphroditus gets back to Philippi and he has this letter that he brought from the Apostle Paul and they say, okay, read it to us. You can have the, the, the whole last part of the service. And he stands up and starts reading his letter and he gets to, to this passage and he says... My brother Paul says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech you, Odious, and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. You expect they slump down in their seats? And everybody in the auditorium turned and looked at them? Had to turn their heads because you know they weren't sitting together. <laughs> wow. I beseech you, Odious, and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Let me tell you why this is significant. Y'all know what an abomination is? Sure. An abomination is a sin that is so ugly. So distasteful that it makes God sick. It is so in violation of His will and His way for this world that it literally just repulses Him. You say, well, what kind of things are an abomination, Brother Casey? Well, one of them is Telling the Holy Spirit, you don't need Jesus. Okay? In fact, Jesus said that that sin is so repulsive, it's unforgivable. God will not forgive the person who rejects the wooing of the Holy Spirit, pleading with them to come to Christ. The unforgivable sin. Then there are other sins. Sins of stubbornness. Sins of iniquity. Sins of idolatry. Sins of perversion. Scripture says are an abomination to God. And then in Proverbs chapter 6. These six things that the Lord hate. Yea, the seventh is an abomination to Him. You know what the seventh one is? He that sows discord among brethren. He that tries to stir things up between two other people. That's an abomination to God. And the reason I mention it here is because you know that Euodius and Syntyche were not just taking on each other alone. I mean, this wasn't just between the two of them. 
Euodius, I'm sure, had already been to her friends and said, Did you hear what Syntyche said? And Syntyche's been to her friends and said, oh, Can you believe that, Euodius? That was just odious what she did. No wonder they call her you odious. Reminds me of the story of these two little skunks in and out. I'm not going to tell you again tonight, but you know. Out found his brother in because of instinct. (laughs) I beseech you, Odeus, and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. How can that happen? I mean, how can a how can a, two people agree on anything? I mean, nobody agrees all the time, do they? Should we? Hmm. Does Jesus ever disagree with God the Father? No. Really? Uh, you can't think of a single instance where Jesus disagreed with God the Father? He did say, yeah, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If Jesus and God the Father never disagree, does the Holy Spirit ever disagree with either one of them? No, of course not. And so over in chapter 2, verse 2, when he says, Be ye of the same mind in Christ Jesus, is it possible for people to be of the same mind? If they're both paying attention to God. Right? That's why when we have business meetings. I don't want necessarily want to know what everybody thinks. What I want to know is what the Holy Spirit told you. Because if the Holy Spirit told you we ought not to do that, then we need to go back and pray some more so that everybody knows that's what the Holy Spirit wants. Or if the Holy Spirit says we ought to do something, then I want everybody to to agree this is what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Let me give you an example. Today I got an email from uh, Brother Tom Smith over at Mount Zion in St. Clair. Brother Jim Bellers will be laid out Thursday evening at the church, I think from 3 to 8, and then his funeral service is Friday at 1 o'clock. That wasn't what the email was about, though. The email was about the fact that uh, Brother Beller and Mrs. Beller have been in difficult circumstances of late and they let his life insurance lapse. And she didn't have any money to pay for the funeral and has no idea how she's going to live from now on. Okay? My immediate thought was we got to help her. That was just my thought. We need to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do you want us to do something? And if so, what? Okay. Quite honestly, our checking account does not have a large enough balance right now to do much. 
wouldn't tell you. We had good offerings the last two or three Sundays, but uh, there were two weeks when we didn't have church, and a lot of people didn't bring their offerings. Okay? I don't know what you do with God's money when you don't send it to the church, <coughs> but apparently somebody found something to do with it because it didn't come. My only concern about that is not that God's not going to meet the needs of the church. My concern is that God's not going to meet their needs. But Paul says to Eodius and Syntyche, be of the same mind in the Lord. Why? Because he is Lord. What does Lord mean? It means master. Ruler. The master. Okay? So, do we have to decide what we're going to do for the master? Or we do decide what the master wants to do, wants us to do for him? Jesus gave a parable one time about a man who had a servant. He said, uh, when the servant goes out and works in the field all day and then he comes in, does the master say, here, have a seat. Let me fix your supper. I know you've been working hard all day. He said, no. The servant fixes the supper and brings it to the master. Why? Because he's the master. And he says, does that servant deserve special blessing because he did what he was supposed to do? Uh, No. Now, God blesses us when we do what we're supposed to do, but we certainly ought not to expect it. We certainly ought not to, uh, to feel like He owes it to us. Because quite honestly, God doesn't owe us anything. And so He says, be of the same mind in the Lord. In the Lord. And then He said, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, that's the pastor of the church who he's writing to, or who he has addressed the letter to, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. Now, uh, who would those be? Well, if you read the book of Acts, the first one would be Lydia. Because she's the one who heard Paul preaching. Uh, She's the one that gathered the women down on the riverbank and had services on the Sabbath. And then when she heard Paul preaching, she got saved and said, you know, y'all come to my house. I'm going to take care of you. She was a very well-to-do businesswoman in the city of Philippi. As a result of that, the little slave girl who was able to tell fortunes because she was demon-possessed began following around and mocking them and making fun of them. So one day Paul turned around to her and cast the demon out of her. And her owners got mad, went to the, went to the uh, police department and the mayor's office and complained. And they had Paul and Silas beaten and thrown in prison because he ruined their livelihood. They, they weren't making any money off this girl anymore. She couldn't tell fortunes. She wasn't going to fake it. Like a bunch of folks do today. Oh, did I say that? If I didn't, I should have. Anyhow, as a result of them being thrown in prison at midnight, they started a praise and worship service. 
which is kind of keeping the other prisoners awake, but everybody's hurting so bad, they, didn't, they weren't sleeping anyhow. And about that time, the angel came and shook the prison, and all the stocks fell open, and the chains fell off of them, and, and the jailer comes running down with, with his sword and calls for a light, and he's going to fall on his sword and kill himself because the Romans are going to kill him the next day anyhow because he let the prisoners escape. And Paul says, hey, don't hurt yourself. Come on in. We're all here. Not just Paul and Silas. All the prisoners were still there. And this guy comes in and he falls down on his knees before them. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved in thy house. And the man got saved. His household got saved. They all got baptized that night. I can't wait to get to heaven to find out. Well, I guess I'll have to, but I don't want to wait till heaven to find out if that is the true. If he is the true yoke fellow, or if he is Clement, or if he's one of the other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. But all these guys are saved. And he says, I entreat thee also, true young fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. Lydia and those other women that met with us on the creek, on the riverbank, that spread the gospel throughout the city of Philippi. Those that not only helped me, uh, that labored with me, but they labored with Clement and with other of my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Wow. So, are we ever going to find out who they are? Well, yeah, their names are in the book. <laughs> Not this book. The book of life. If your name's in the book of life, then you'll be able to go and read those names. Jesus will be there to explain to us who they are. In fact, He may not have to explain to us. He may, we may have the knowledge just as soon as we get there. Because He says we will know even as we are known. Pretty cool. Pretty awesome. So, my admonition to the church tonight is be of the same mind. Be of the same mind. If you disagree with somebody, then go with them and y'all pray about it together until you have the same mind. You say, well, what if they don't ever agree? Then keep praying. See? And hold their hand while you pray so they can't get away. <laughs> After a while, <laughs> they'll say, okay, okay. i got to go. i got to get up in the morning and go to work. But <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It is so cool that after Paul addresses these two ladies, he tells them that they need to be of the same mind in the Lord. He mentions that those women labored with him in the gospel, labored with Clement, labored with other fellow laborers, and all of their names are in the book of life. And then he closes that section with these words. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Did you get that? Rejoice. 
What's it mean to rejoice? Relive the joy. Relive the joy. Every once in a while when I get uh, oh, a little discouraged or get to, you know, start writing out the invitations to a pity party, you, I only have to write out one because I'm the only one I'm inviting. <clears throat> but then I start drawing up the menu for the pity party because what good's a party without refreshments? And uh, doing all that. Uh, the Holy Spirit will remind me of Ray Gross. <clears throat> Ray Gross was a little nine-year-old boy. At Camp Joy. And uh, one night after I'd had devotions with all the, all the boys and put them in bed. I think I had ten boys in my cabin that week. I uh, went over to Ray's bunk. He was laying there. He's still awake. And I said, hey, Ray, can I talk to you a minute? He said, yeah. I said, let's go outside. So we went outside and sat on the front steps. And I shared the gospel with him. Asked him if he'd ever been saved. He said, no. I said, would you like to be? And he said, yes, sir. I would. He bowed his head and prayed and asked the Lord to save him. Pretty cool, huh? Oh, that's not the cool part. The cool part is seven, let's see, that was 67, 74, yeah, seven years later, eight years later. <coughs> I'm assistant director at Camp Joy at the time, and uh, this this kid stands up, and he just keeps standing up. You know one of those? And he stood up, and he said, uh, "He said, my name's Ray Gross, and Mr. Casey probably does not remember, but uh, he led me to Christ. He named the date. He named what cabin we were in. I think it's cabin seven. And uh, shared his salvation experience. And the Holy Spirit said, Got one, didn't you? I've led lots of other people to the Lord since then. But that very first one, that was so cool. After I led him to the Lord, I put the kids in bed, and then I went down the bottom of the hill. These cabins were built on the side of a hill. <coughs> six of them went up this way, and then six of them went up this way, and then there were three across the top. And uh, so... Uh, I, I was in the first cabin on the bottom on the bottom side on this, but I went off down the hill and across the bridge, and the camp director and the senior counselors were standing on the other side of the bridge waiting for everybody to get quiet and go to sleep, and uh, I must have been bouncing on that bridge like Tigger. Boing, 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 boing. And uh, the camp director said, uh, what's the matter, Rabbi? I said, uh, nothing. I said, one of the boys in my cabin just got saved. He said, really? I said, yeah. That's the first person I ever led to the Lord. He said, well, there's several more in your cabin. Maybe you can get some more before the week's out. And I did. God bless. But, uh, well, I'll never forget it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Leading somebody else to Christ is almost as good as getting saved yourself. You know? I mean, just sharing the gospel with somebody. I stopped in the bank the other day and thanked the bank vice president for listening and allowing me to share the gospel with a customer she was talking to. Because she stopped and asked me a question. And I answered the question by telling her a story about somebody getting saved and gave her the gospel in the story. 
So that by the time I got finished, the guy who's standing there talking to her knows how to get saved. <laughs> and then I turned and left. So I stopped by the bank and I said, hey, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you letting me share the gospel with that guy. And I said, uh, she said, she said, yeah, he's a really good guy. He said, been a customer for years. She said, uh, and quite honestly, he thought you were sharing the gospel with me. <laughs> See, that's all right. As long as they both heard it, works for me. Let's pray together. Father, dismiss us with your love. Bring us back on Sunday. Dear Lord, bless those men who will be in Trace Deus this weekend. Cause your Holy Spirit to come and work and bless in hearts and lives. And dear Lord, be with the folks who are going to be here Sunday. I am already excited about what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish in hearts and lives. I pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.